Hi, this is Danielle Cursa from The Jealous Curator, and you're listening to episode 183 of Art for Your Ear. So, I am not even going to bother with a personal preamble today. We'll save that for another day. Instead, I'm just going to jump right into my conversation with a Dutch artist based in California, Natalie Chico Rico, aka Mrs. Chico Rico on Instagram. How fantastic is that last name? Anyway, I have written about Natalie a few times over the years, but something kind of magical happened with her art practice thanks to, wait for it, COVID-19. Yep, throughout this quarantine, there has been an insane amount of bad, but if you keep your eyes open, there have also been a few silver linings. For Natalie, one of those silver linings was a new series titled Nesting. You may have seen it on my Instagram feed if you don't already follow her. It involves found sticks and embroidery thread. Ring any bells? Oh my word, it is just so good, and I cannot wait for you to hear this story. And, of course, her entire backstory, too. So, we recorded this about a month ago, but we even managed to talk about Halloween. So, how perfect is it that this conversation is going up today? Okay, Let's get to it. Calling Natalie in California. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to Art for Your Ear. Hi, Danielle. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited because we met once in person a very long time ago now, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, that's been a couple of years. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those weird situations where like you feel like you don't know anybody and then people start throwing out their Instagram handles and you're like, oh, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I knew was, you were. Um, when your when your book uh, came out, and so I, because I was part of um, a co op gallery at that time, and I invited you to that um, the plus one show. Yes, yeah. Collages. Oh yeah. my god! And then a couple months later, you came into town for your your uh, what was it? Was it the inner inner critic book? I think it was the inner it was critic over at Minted in San Francisco and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, let's go with, I went with a, with a friend of mine, and it was fun, it was fun to meet you, you know, it's, you know, I've been following your, your blog for, for a while, so it was, it was just really fun to meet you, and, and, um, yeah. I know, well, especially when you have, like, I totally forgot about that Plus One show, and you know, when I messaged you the other day, and I'm like, why am I having a mental block about what came before <laughs> your color series, now I remember, because it, <laughs> they were well, in the- it's, yeah. My work changed and I get it. I mean, you, you have so many followers and people and shows and yeah. That's so crazy. Oh, but you know I was I, so delighted that you were part of that show and that, you know, our works were hanging side by side. I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Now that's a good excuse. I can put that in the post and show everybody what we did. That is so funny. Oh my gosh. It feels like, well, the last six months has felt like 12 years so that's why this now feels like it was like 30 years ago when it was really only like four or five years ago but anyway I, I digress it, it's been it was a while though because it yeah it, it must have been at least four years or so I think yeah we'll go with that sure. I'll, I'll research that <laughs> um speaking of years and time um I'm just gonna I've, I've taken a big break from the podcast but I am back baby and uh what I always like to do is go back in time and talk to artists about what they were like when they were kids. So I have to imagine that you were an artsy kid. Yeah, I, I would say I, w- I was a crafty kid. Yeah, I we, um, 
so my my mom she um, she's a, she was a stay at home mom, but before that she was uh, a seamstress, oh. and so she is really into and still is she's still quilting and but she would make us clothes and stuffed animals and she was just always crafting and um, I have a sister who's six years older than me and a, a brother who's 14 years older than me oh. but I I remember like my me and my sister at the dining room table in, in, in our living room and just um, yeah the table covered in like whatever it, it was that we were into it was like origami and quilling and um, my mom once did a, a course on um, she made there was this artist in town who made these like uh, little landscapes out of fabric and lace and beads and sequins. So my mom had this whole um, box that was like a treasure chest of of pretty things. Like you you would love this stuff. <laughs> you would go crazy because it was like sequins and you know like little just little things that you could then. I don't know like glue on it and it was funny because she did this workshop with this artist and um like everybody was was kind of making the same stuff yeah um but like it they was were following of, like a, everybody had to make the same landscape kind of thing yeah like I yeah. remember going over to friends houses to play and they had like the exact same <laughs> artwork from you know that month's workshop on on the wall um but it was it was fun and I remember like me and my sister playing around with that and um yeah, my, my mom would always get these, I don't know if you had those in, in uh, Canada, and, but like these little books from the library that just explained a craft. So whether oh, it yes. was like origami or whatever it was. Yeah, I was um, addicted to those books. That's what I got like every Christmas and every birthday were those books. <laughs> yeah, I- exactly. So we, we always had like different ones. And um, yeah, we were always always playing around with that I remember my my sister and I we used to um draw these intricate intricate um uh houses like architectural plans on grid paper and we would like outline our our dream homes and keep adding on to it wow do you have any of those still I don't I don't know I would have to ask my parents they I know that they they're good at like hanging on to stuff like I am you know yeah (laughs) um but I don't I don't know if I have those still I should ask um either my sister or or my parents Um, yeah imagine it'd be so fun to see what was in there yeah but yeah we we were very yeah I, I I I wasn't I didn't know much about art at that time but we were always like making things yeah. Where did you, were you born in the States or in? Uh... No, no, I'm Dutch. I, yeah, I was that's... born in, in the Netherlands. Okay. And then how long were you there? Were you there your whole childhood? Yes. Yeah. I just moved here um, 2012. So I got married in 2011 in the Netherlands to my American husband. Um, and then it took us oh. a year to like get the paperwork done and um, like waiting for the visa um and and then I moved here in 2012 so I've been here like yeah eight years now wow okay I didn't know that I knew that you were Dutch but I I didn't know if you came when you were little or what oh that's that's yeah no yeah and so your parents still there then yeah 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 my um my parents and uh my sister and and, uh yeah a lot of friends my brother lives in Arizona um so I, I that's a little closer by but um yeah, they're they're all down there. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. Um, 
so did you when you were little or a teenager or any time did you try embroidery then or is embroidery a newer thing for you I we did cross stitching you know like oh, yeah. those little packets and you you would get like a you know like what was it like six by four centimeters yeah like it's very small and um but I remember like these little things with flowers and yeah um and, and like I had a little rabbit one I think <laughs> Um, but yeah, like these these packets, and so yeah, I I did that, but I didn't freestyle it, you know. <laughs> it was just like, and that's what I mean by being crafty, or I, I don't know what the word is, but I was, it was more like you know, you you get sort of a, a plan that you follow, a step by step thing, yeah, and then you you make that, but it it wasn't so much like, oh, I'm gonna totally be out of the box and and start. Um, yeah yeah not well it's I'm kind of a now. cool it's kind of a cool education right learn how to do it right and then express yourself later exactly yeah exactly so did you go to art school no I well so in in high school I in in Holland you have these um I don't know how to call it you have like different levels already like in high school mm-hmm, yes and um so the, the path that I was on, since I, I was doing well in, in a prim, what do you call it, primary school, elementary school, um, I was on this academic path. And at my high school, that meant that after the third year, so like after I was, I don't know, 14 or 15, I didn't have any arts anymore. It was all um, very academic focused. And they, they changed it later like they changed it I think the year or one year after I left high school they they oh. redid that whole system so it, it was a little I don't know a little less like being buried in books and facts yeah. and, um but yeah and I I really really enjoyed art classes I I remember I was I loved drawing I loved anything you know like up in, until that age, I was always, it was always like, oh, I, I love doing this. Um, and I think I even asked my parents at one point, like, hey, can we ask the school or something? <laughs> but um, yeah, I really, I know I wanted to, but I, I wasn't on that path and it, it wasn't an option at my school. And later I learned that that was kind of like an exception because I, I went to college with people who were like, what are you talking about? I, I had drawing I, I you know I, I, um, I had drawing up until I was 18 and, and art class mm. and all that so I yeah it just wasn't at my high school and I think I I the, the high school was a rough time for me I, I didn't really know what I wanted to be I I wasn't really super interested in in um, in many of the the subjects that um, yeah, that we got taught in. Yeah, I think I, I like that's so frustrating. It because is at the and same time. People are saying, "Okay, what do you want to be? What are you going to apply for? What do you, you know?" And it's like, um, I had no idea. I still yeah. have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, you know, we had to take these tests, or you could take a test, like when you're 17, about you know, and it was like a detailed test about what you wanted to be, and. Um, I lost sleep over that stuff because I, I didn't I didn't really know like I had friends who were like yeah I want to be a doctor or I want to be this or that or I want to study this and um, I I didn't really know and and I 
I remember I was always like doodling in my, um, um, what do you call it, in my notebook and stuff. But going to art school was not something that I entertained or that I, I thought would be a possibility. Like I didn't know any artists. I, it was just like, I don't know, I was on this path and, and it was more like, okay, I have to go to college. So what, what college and what am I gonna study? And then I, I signed up for, um, to study psychology because I thought I, I would like to know more about what goes on in people's minds, <laughs> just because I thought that was an interesting subject. Um, and then during my finals, I actually changed that and I signed up for a program that was called Language and Culture Studies at uh, Utrecht University. And that was really fun because that was lots of art history and literature. And during this program, you could every couple of months, quarterly, you could pick new courses. So I didn't really know what I was interested in at the time or what I wanted to learn more about. But while I was doing that, I was like, oh, hey, I'm, I really like, because I started more with English and literature. And then I was like, oh, I really like art history. Let's do art history. And then I went down that rabbit hole. And then mm -hmm. um, I focused more towards the end of it on um, film and new media computer games and I combined that I majored in um, uh, cultural heritage and education which was basically like museum studies so we would go we had an amazing professor he was so fun so great he would take us to museums and and um, shows and all that and it, it was he was very much focused on kind of a I don't know like a lowbrow of presentation of things. Mm. So he would take us to a museum and there would be like this, I don't know, this wild movie at the beginning of it with like sound effects and stuff. And um, I, I like that. I, I like that he made us think outside of the box of what, you know, art or a museum could be and, and um, how you can engage people in, in this era. You know, I, he, he was really like with the times in that regard. And so as this is happening and you're taking these courses and you're starting to like find these different rabbit holes that are like genuinely interesting you, interest, interesting, you know. I know. You know. <laughs> um, um, were you starting, well, A, were you continuing to be crafty like when you weren't doing homework or were you now starting to like kind of percolate and like be wanting, having that urge to make things? I was I was always most interested when I was doing things. So when we were, once we were uh, doing a project where we actually had to put together um, a museum show, like a, a proper exhibit at um, the um, the university museum, and I loved that. I, I loved um, I helped like design the, the poster, and I loved like meeting with our little group and, and figuring these things out. And then later I did an internship um, at a local TV. Um, well, it was like a local production company who made like a television show for the local um, TV oh, okay. station. And 
there I got to like edit and um, I did camera work. I did interviews, but it was like behind the camera and production. And I got to interview artists and, but I was never, other than that, I wasn't making things so okay. much. Yeah. But I, I, I was definitely, I think at that time, gravitating towards um, making things. Like I, re I remember I, I did my thesis on, um, do you know panorama paintings? Those 360 degree yes. paintings. Yeah. So I, my thesis was called panorama of the panorama. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> um, it was about like how those kind of paintings sort of evolved into um, um, like later into rides. So they got first, oh. it was sort of to transform, uh, transport people that who weren't able to travel. Um, these paintings were traveling like a circus around to give people a sense of like being in a different realm. Hmm. Um, and so when my thesis was kind of exploring that idea of like from the panoramic painting to um, uh, amusement park rides to uh, computer games and like just the notion of art being like a um, like a transformative tool to to put you in a, in a different state of mind and, and a different sensation like to give you like a more visceral um, mm. reaction but yeah while I um, uh, was was working on on that uh, thesis I where was I going with this? Um, I started to get more and more um, interested in, in in the doing of things. Like I mm -hmm. thought, like I wanna I wanna be the one who who makes the museum exhibits, or I wanna be a movie director, or I wanna. Yeah, I was I was kind of getting more more interested in making things, but I wasn't actually making things with with my hands, with the embroidery or or any of that, or collaging or nothing like that. <laughs> so <laughs> how did that even start? So okay, so you graduate, what and where you're like, okay, now what? <laughs> well, I, while I was working on my thesis, I applied for a job to be a computer game uh, tester. Because I thought that is perfect for me. I loved computer games. I um, and I needed a little break from my thesis because that was kind of just like uh, um, you know hard to hard to get through all on your own. Um, so I I did that and then I got offered a job um, uh, at the at the Dutch uh, office for uh, as a as a localization coordinator. So I was like sort of managing the translation projects of these computer games. Um, That's crazy to hear that, <laughs> knowing what your work is like now. I know, well, I'm still, I, I am still a language consultant for a big tech company out Are here. You? I am, I'm still freelancing for them. I haven't, since the quarantine started, I've hardly been able to put in any hours, but being an artist was something that, yeah, after I moved here, it, it started as a as a hobby. It started as a like I need to get from behind the computer screen and and do something with my hands. I need I have ideas, I have creativity in me, and it just it needs to get out. And it was sort of like a therapeutic, playful thing. 
um, like I, when I was in uh, back in Holland and I was working and I was like translating so, so much, um, I would just like afterwards, I would crochet or I would make jewelry or, I mean, and this was at the, the time that uh, things like Etsy and Pinterest really, you know, were getting popular and you see like, oh, people are making things. How exciting. I'm like, I'm not the only one who, who has this urge but it wasn't until I moved here um, to the U.S. that we you know we bought a house and I had a small office upstairs which is now loose room um, <laughs> but I had like wow I have a desk I have a space I can craft and do whatever I want and just leave it all out on the table that's when I really started making things and and it's it's slowly developed like now I'm I'm kind of entertaining the idea of wow this 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 can be a thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't know you were still entertaining that. I thought that that is just what was happening. I I just I always thought I would be on the other side of things. I thought I would be I don't know working at a gallery, at a museum, at a I didn't think like all the artists I you thought I you'd be behind knew. the camera. Exactly. And, yeah. and all the, the artists I, I, I knew were, you know, they were teaching, they were doing all these other side gigs. So I, I was, I just didn't think it was a, a, a thing that, you know, that you could really do for a, for a living, that it could be like a real profession. I thought it would always have to be sort of a side thing and nothing wrong with that. Cause I, I was like, I, I like, I, I still like working and um, but I was like, I, I need to do something with my creativity. Um, but what do yes, you think it was about moving that that made you that was the catalyst? The the having the space to do it, or was it being in a new country, or like what what do you think it was? Yeah, I think that the space because I I lived in in Holland. It was it was always cramped. Like I I was always in like in college in very very small you know rooms and. Um, <laughs> And later, and in, in, I lived in Amsterdam, and it was also like it was tight, but also, yeah, being in this new environment and just I don't know, like we, so Steve and I, my husband and I, we, um, it took us like five years to get married, so we had a, a five-year long-distance relationship, and wow. it's yeah, it's you know, now thinking about it, it's like a, a vague memory, but when you're living it, it's, it feels very much a little bit like your life is on hold as much as you don't want it to be, but you're trying mm -hmm. to figure out like, you know, are you, are you gonna, I don't know, are you, are you gonna really settle down in, in Holland and, and do things there, or are you moving towards a country um, that, that you've only visited, but it, it was like, you know, you're, you're in, 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 in limbo a little bit. So right. I don't think I, in that time, I had the mindset to really be creative. Like for me at that time, creativity and, and like crocheting and all that was something that just, just kept me sane. I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I read, I read once that Monica Lewinsky, um, like during everything that she was going through that she was knitting like somebody once asked like how did you not go crazy and she was like knitting <laughs> oh my gosh that's crazy yeah because it's very all of that stuff is very you can kind of zone out 
it's it's very meditative yeah. those yeah. repeated things yeah exactly so and i i don't think i was in a headspace at that time um to that i would be able to make the things i'm making now i i was yeah i was i always had ideas but they were not materializing and i think after moving here and and kind of like have a feeling of um of 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 being home like being you could even though it's finally kind of yeah you're like okay I'm here I'm I'm staying here I'm with the love of my life and we're here and and now let's do something fun (laughs) (laughs) and so I did have um so my embroidery thread um that traveled with me as well as like a stack of silent movie photographs yeah um and so my the embroidery thread story is that um my my mom she once was at a thrift store while I was in college and um she bought this this tin that she really liked was like a large tin but it was filled to the brim with this DMC embroidery thread the thread that I'm using and you know her with everything that you know she her creative um life she she knows like this is, this is something this is like embroidery set like these skeins are like you know a dollar each or whatever so she she was like um I don't want to throw them away so I'm I'm gonna but I'm not embroidering I'm quilting at the moment I don't need this uh so she gave it to my sister and me and she was like you girls um divide it so I remember like my <laughs> sister and me like and, and this was I was yeah what like 18 or no no I was this was like 20 22 23 uh, almost out of college but we were sitting on the couch like dividing like per color like okay oh we have two of the you know lime greens <laughs> you get one I get one um, and these always traveled with me and um, I I would go to to flea I love flea markets I oh, love thrift stores and I would yeah buy like you know random stuff like these postcards and 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 uh, photographs and you know, and, and, and people that you're with, they look at you funny, you know, they're like, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I go by myself. I don't want to be judged. Yeah, I, <laughs> I should have, I should have, but yeah, it's like, what, they're like, what are you, what are you going to do with, what are you going to do with that, with that junk, you know, like, did you pay money for, I hope you didn't pay money for that, you know, that kind of stuff, <laughs> but I'm like, no, it's pretty, it's, I'm, and I was like, one day I'm going to, you know, one day I'm going to do something with these things, so these things, like, traveled with me, all the way because that's the thing when you move countries you have to be very very selective yeah what you bring and don't bring so I went through my stuff and I got rid of a lot but I didn't get rid of the embroidery thread or you know my my little treasure cove of um, (laughs) random images I was like yeah no those are coming with me (laughs) thank goodness yeah. So then when I, yeah, when we bought the house here and I had like the little studio slash office set up, I was like, and now I'm going to play around with things. And I think around that time I was on Pinterest a lot. And I think that's how I, I found your blog as well. And um, like, I remember seeing uh, Holly Chastain, mm-hmm. her work. And I was like, have you, do you know that music video? Um, uh by Blind Melon, No Rain. Oh, yes, yeah. And there's this little girl dressed up like a bumblebee and she's dancing throughout the world and everybody looks at her like, 
what are you doing? And then she finally, at the end of it, she finds like a whole garden full of people who are dressed like her. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I had with Pinterest and Instagram too. Like it's all of a sudden, like you, you find your crowd, you you find like, oh, hey, there's other people at a, <laughs> that are like into collaging and, you know, doing, doing creative things. And, um, and I'm not, I'm not the weird one. <laughs> oh you found your bumblebees yeah. I'm one of your bumblebees for sure yeah, yeah. no I, and I think I think your blog played a huge part in that you know because then I, I I don't know who I stumbled on first like if it was Holly Chastain or that book or um or your blog but it was kind of simultaneously you know like on Pinterest these algorithms are yes. good so when you see when you're into one thing they'll keep throwing that thing at you in, yeah. in different variations so um but yeah and then I was like I want to create stuff but you also at that time like you also want to be mindful like if you really admire someone that you're not like copying someone's stuff so it's it's hard you want to it takes time to develop your own voice in in that realm so I, I knew I wanted to do collage um I was doing some illustration at the time too but I, I knew I wanted to do collage and something with embroidery thread because I was like that embroidery thread got into my life for a reason. Yeah, exactly. The universe dropped that in your lap. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and then you 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 start playing around and it's it's really, really fun. Um, and every time I felt like, okay, there's a lot of people doing embroidery thread on paper and everybody's stuff starts to look a little bit too much alike. I was like, I need to find a new series and I need to take this into a new direction and um, yeah, and, and, and kind of take it from there, you know? Is that where the, um, your color, your circles came from? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you're right, you know, and I, I often say this about well, I mean, that's the love-hate thing of the internet, right? Is that, you know, you do see all this, you know, you see stuff and it's hard not to copy because you're like, ooh, I love that. And, yes. you know, and so it's tricky that, you know, you have to keep pushing and, and find your own voice. Um, but with collage and stuff, because people are using older images because uh, of copyright things or whatever, your work does start to look the same whether you mean it to or not. You know, so it is, yeah. um, I find, especially in collage, you really have to push yourself to do something different, to find, you know, to create your own visual vocabulary, to have your own voice so that when people see it, they instantly know it's you versus, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, what, so what do you call that, that series? Oh, my color holes series? Yeah. yeah. And so those are, those started on postcards. Are they always on postcards? No, I actually started the first couple ones for um, on landscapes from old magazines. So oh, okay. I I like to um, like a big theme in my work is is reusing and and repurposing and you know I I just I feel like I don't know we we consume so quickly and so rapidly and we throw things out so easily right like mm -hmm. you're like oh. It's, it's summer I need new clothes or whatever yeah yeah like, I know you go through this cycle of like and then you know you see ads and you're like do I need that yes I do and oh and out with the old and in with the new and I kind of want to culture that whole um cycle of of of, of things so I I love to have 
um, old books and just flip through them and old magazines and and really think about like okay how am I going to save this image yeah yeah <laughs> from ending up in the landfill or you know and and it's I I, I like that. I like giving things new life, things that, that people would just throw away mindlessly, or I, I like to sit with that for a little bit and, and, and kind of make it an exercise of what, like, what can I make out of this? So I, mm. yeah, I had like these old magazines and, and books and um, I love California landscapes. I, I, it's a big inspiration. I mean, I come from a very flat, it, it, Holland is beautiful, but it, it's flat. It's it's like polar opposite of of, of um, the landscape that I'm in now, with like hills and big tall trees and and the ocean and mm -hmm. so it's it's very uh, and deserts too. Deserts, I love deserts. Um, <laughs> it's it's just it's very inspiring. So I love having books with like American landscapes and sort of doing like a tribute of 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 being here and and exploring this new world i love going on road trips but you know when 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 i can't i, I love looking at pictures <laughs> mm -hmm. and well and yeah. then you start breaking down the like it is funny because i find artists look at you know when they're when they are traveling like i went to joshua tree for the first time mm. last year i think and um uh, the area i live in there is like it's a pocket desert so there there are things that were kind of reminded me of that but it, Joshua Tree is just like the weirdest place like it's if you feel like you're on a, another planet and the first thing I noticed I took a picture as the sun was setting and the first thing I noticed was all the colors and I was like "Ooh, look at that they're like the sky was turning from like sea foam green to yellow to pink and then the you know the sage bushes were those colors too and um you know, I think as artists, sometimes that is how you look at a landscape. You're like, ooh, a palette. And so yes. is that sort of what, how you see it? Yeah, I, I love that, that exact phenomenon. And I, I think as an artist, you start to look different at the, at the world. You, you start noticing different things. Like I, I remember when, because um, I took a road trip to um, Joshua Tree as well, like six years ago this was just before I started collaging and I had this little sketchbook and I started drawing on this trip because my mother-in-law who's who's an artist um she always brings a sketchbook with her wherever she travels and she does like daily drawings and I was like mm. oh we're, we're going it was Steve sabbatical and we visited a couple parks and I was like I'm gonna do that <laughs> um but then when I started doing that like these little illustrations um you start looking at things and you're like, can I draw that? Can I, is that, is that something that I could draw? How would I draw that? And um, yeah, with this color whole series, it was very much like, oh, look at all these colors and how can I play around with that? And um, you, you start seeing things um, that otherwise you might, you might not notice. Yeah, you'd just be driving along in the car. And yeah, I, I love that when it kind of makes you more present. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and with the, I, I always enjoy glitch art. Oh yeah. You know, like where the, the sort of the digital, um, yeah, it's a thing, right? Like it's, yeah. you look at art and you're like, oh, this is glitch art. Um, and it's mostly done digitally, but I, 
I like it. I, I wanted to play around with the idea of, of doing it analog. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so it looks like sort of like a, a color hole, like a, a dimensional hole and, and it, it distorts the image, but it's, it's thread. So a lot of people look at it and they're like, oh, this isn't digital. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I, I like that approach. And, and you really, when you work on one of these pieces and you have to select all the colors and you get so familiar with, with the image and um, it's really fun. And, and there's nobody who can provide a better color palette than, than Mother Nature. Yeah, no kidding. It's no kidding. whenever I'm, cause I'm, I'm working on my, my nesting series now, but whenever I'm like, Oh, I, I don't know which colors, like I'm like draw blank. You just look at nature and you're like, Oh, that, that orange and orange brown, you in the, in the tree leaves that goes really well with the blue of the sky. And it's, it just always works. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's, that it's, is such a like that's almost like a jump starter like you know you know I've become famous for all of my ridiculous jump starters and I yeah. I'm kind of out of them <laughs> people are like oh, oh write another one I'm like oh my god another hundred jump starters but that <laughs> is a great one like look in like look out your window pick five colors that you see yeah you know like I, that's we, we did that a as a, a a couple of years ago I did a uh, um it was a creative course with Stanford online. Um, and it, it was, um, I did two of them. I don't remember what it was like mixed media or creativity, but it was just something to keep up was after Lou was born uh, to keep up with my creative practice. And the professor, he, he actually had us um, take a picture or take like two or three different pictures, like on a walk or on a given day and then you had to take the dominant colors of those pictures and put them together and, and use that as your color palette. And the color palette that I made, I used for um, the first sketchbook I did for the, you know, the Brooklyn Art Library. Oh, sketchbook yeah. Project. Yeah. So, and it was really funny because it was colors that I would have never picked or combined or like I was even exactly. a little bummed. Like you're going through <laughs> this exercise and you're like, man, I wish I'd, I'd known what we were going to do with these pictures you oh know? you didn't know what it was for oh that's even better yeah no it was like a couple of steps I think mm -hmm. or maybe I should have read ahead or something but it was like... no I like that yeah don't <laughs> tell them yeah yeah don't tell them um but it worked so well so now I yeah no I I keep on on doing that but I can't take credit for that exercise but it's um it's a really fun way and it it really works especially with nature yeah. Um, what like a great thing a to do. Flower if you're just or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's the it's exactly what we were just saying. It makes you so present because it's not just a flower. It's like you actually have to look and realize that that pink flower actually has like five colors in it. Yeah, and that the colors change, like you said, in in like different times of day too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have a project in um in the back of my kids' book that um it's to make your own custom rainbow. So there's these five things that you have to, you know, do. And so it'll be like, um, but it would, it could change every time. So the color of the shirt that you're wearing right now. So, you yeah. know, if it's a polka dot shirt, then it's a polka dot first band of the rainbow. Yeah. 
And then, you know, your favorite kind of ice cream that could yeah. change. It could maybe not change, but stuff like that. And I think it's really fun when, when um, you're kind of forced to, you know, look at things in a different way and also not know what the thing is. So you're like, oh, darn, I wish I didn't wear a brown shirt today. Oh, well, exactly. brown is the first thing in my, in my uh, rainbow today. Um, but, Can um, I say congrats on your book and Lou loves it. It is oh, really? such a fun book. It's yeah, we haven't, we haven't done the projects in the end yet, but he has been super inspired. He gets up and he starts painting. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like this morning he gets up and it was really hot so we, he only had like his night diaper on he takes off his diaper by himself and oh he gosh. just runs to to his art table oh my god that, uh, and that's just he, like me <laughs> no yeah <laughs> just strip dad let's get this thing done he's three he now, right he just turned three he just turned three oh, and Lou. you know what the funny thing is about that book and i love this so much about kids it gets um spoiler alert for the people who haven't read your book yet there's an art bully in it right and he's like wait he's like what is that who is that oh and I'm like it's an art bully he's like what is that he has no idea he has the whole concept of being criticized for whatever you're making is non-existent in his little brain and I love that so much and I know I know it, it will disappear because you know you, you get knocked down in life and um you, you get to deal with with bullies and uh art bullies hopefully but, not you know, but I, I hope that yeah like that's what I say to people like hopefully you know um the kids reading the book will be like what is that like I don't want yeah. them to know but you know I was saying my art bully didn't show up till I was 21 um, I didn't have an inner critic till then, you know, I was always very supported in all of my art endeavors. My family supported me, my town supported me, you know, I was like the art kid. And, um, but what I want is that if you, you know, if Lou's 21 and at art school and meets his art bully, I hope he goes, oh, oh wait a minute, that. I have yeah. that book and I know what this is and I'm not going to let the art bully stop me. Like I, I want to plant the seed. Yeah early no, it's um it's good and it's amazing because it well yeah it might happen I know that's the horrible thing yeah. and like what what was such a um shock to me is because I was so supported um you know when I've done the book tour for the other books um you know and like the thing we did at Minted and you know we're all just sitting around collaging and chatting and I do that stuff all the time and you hear stories from people in those moments of chatting I can't tell you it's I'm sure it's over a thousand people by now that have told me um, that when they were six, seven, or eight, so sort of first, second, third grade, they were told they couldn't be an artist. Yeah. And I was always so stunned by that because I was so supported for so long. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, first grade teacher saying horrible things, third grade teacher, wow. fourth grade teacher telling her, you know, that her art was wrong and ripping it up in front of the entire class. And, you know, the woman that told me that story was in her 50s when I met her. And she's like, oh, I haven't made anything since. She's like, I just started making stuff like a year ago. I haven't made anything since I was about nine or 10. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. heartbreaking. How, how much power we give people over us sometimes, you know, like, and especially when you're young, you don't know. No, like, they're the authority figure. Like if they yeah. tell you that, then you believe it. Right. Like, yeah. yeah Luckily it, I've never had an art bully. Um, 
and and that's the thing like because if it happens now somebody I, I get it every once in a while you know people are like hating on my art or whatever yeah. or being rude at an art show. I've, I've I've had that um I don't care you know I'm 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 38 I'm like yeah devs, you know <laughs> yeah, but yeah exactly. as, a, as a as a kid it's um yeah that, that can be crushing yeah can it can crushing. stop you in your tracks and so that's why you know uh, I've been told like for quite a while oh you know don't you're not going to be able to do a kid's book it's too competitive but you know like all this stuff and I was like okay okay and then I just I kept hearing the same thing over and over and I was like you know what no I'm doing this you know and um it's so exciting to hear people's feedback I mean granted it's a very bad time for your dream project to be released into the world <laughs> because I yeah. have this big tour planned and like I you know I want so badly you know, I'm a mom. I went to 5,000 story times when Charlie was little. When yeah. I was little, my mom used to take me to, you know, story times where the authors would come and read their books. And my crazy dream is to sit in front of a group of kids and read the book and actually see their reactions. Yeah. And to not be able to do that, like, it's such a bummer. Like, I mean, I'm I very know. thankful for my health and for, you know, like that, you know, I, I don't have anything to complain about. But if I'm having a pity party, I really, really would love to read this in front of a group of kids and, you know, see Lou whip off his diaper and head to his art table. <laughs> you know I mean? know. But here's the thing that that will happen because this book is is going to be there. It's out. It's it's out in the world. And, you know, you, you can you can do that still. Like yeah, it's not yeah. all lost. And think about it like this, like. I'm a mom of a toddler and I know a lot of other moms of toddlers and we are like texting each other like crazy, <laughs> like, how do I keep them entertained? What's yeah. the next good book? And, you know, so people are, people are like buying, they're buying kids books right now. You know, they're yeah. like, I need a new book because my kid is like, you know, he went through his collection a yeah. lot of times. Now, so. I know my sister has a five-year-old um, who's not very like he, she kind of forces him to make art sometimes just to get him to do something different because he will just all he cares about is Lego. Oh yeah, let him do Lego. So she does. I mean, he, they, but he builds things like he'll build things out of um, macaroni or uh, sorry spaghetti noodles and um, oh, marshmallows. Wow! So he makes his own kind of what are those things called? You remember those things that were like wooden and then they had like little round wheels that you could, and you can build um, like buildings out of them and stuff. So anyway, he does it with spaghetti yeah. and, and marshmallows. It's so cool. And uh, anyway, he, they went to the bookstore in their city when the book came out and he bought Auntie Danielle's book, which blew his mind that, that there, there was a book in the store that I made. And then Jenna said he was a maniac. She's like, he went, he did every single project. Um, he made his own kid's book by Jonah. Kid's book by Jonah is what the book was called. And he, he was so into it. And she's like, I have never seen him like this. And Aww. yeah, it was so hilarious and sweet. So and cute. so, you know, the more stories I hear like that um, just warms my heart. And I'm like, okay, okay, it's okay. I'm yes. in my house in my pajamas where I've been for seven months, but it's, everything's okay. And that, that tour that will come. Yeah. One day. And then I'll come visit you guys. Yes. Cause oh. we have a really fun kids bookstore in town, the reading oh, bug. 
Oh. Yeah, and they host. Um, they 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 have book tours all the time. Like we we went last year to one of of um, Lou's favorite writers, and that's why I'm saying this will happen because, you know, she had a new book coming out, but she had like she was she had all the old books as well, and um, so I, I think okay, you know, that makes me feel better. Now somehow the interview with you has like become me talking about my book. So let's stop doing that. Um, so speaking of quarantine and being in pajamas for seven months, dun, 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 the nesting series, which yeah. you know, I lost my mind on the first one I saw. I love the color holes. Love your old, you know, ladies with their butterfly wings. Love, love, love. But when I saw your first nesting piece with that twig embroidered into place in your perfect geometric whatever it was whatever the first one was I was like oh my god I keep doing this it's so, <laughs> so funny how did the first how did you decide to do the first one I think Lou was involved no Lou's always involved yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah no so I I had been toying with the I as an artist, I how I work is I lay in bed and before I fall asleep, I sometimes get ideas and I remember them and then they they're in my head sometimes for years. Um, <laughs> with this, I I had the idea of using sticks. I, I wanted to use natural materials in my work, and that's the thing. Like Lou, he you know you go with a kid into nature. Well, first of all, nature is very inspiring, but you go into nature with a kid and you look what they are doing and how they're looking at the world. You get so many, I, I get many ideas. I'm yeah. Like, wow. So I had the idea of doing something with a stick. I wasn't sure what and how. So like my first nesting pieces are kind of like, you know, trying to figure figure that out. Um, and I w- it was so funny because I was like, I, I dropped off my works for the uh, my solo show at, at Gallery 1202. And then a couple of days later, it's like, okay, sheltering at home, the order from um, the governor came in and we're like, okay, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be stuck at home for a while. And I was like, I need to do something different. I was like, nobody's going to buy my art, my, my solo show. If it happens, it'll be a dud. I said to Steve, I was like, I'm so glad I still have my freelance project. Because I was like, my art, art is going to be on hold for a long, long time. But I was like, well, you know, while we're, we're quarantining, I want to maintain a creative practice and first I wanted to do it for because I, I still have like a a sketchbook from the sketchbook project that I didn't do in time and I was like I'm I want to I want to do the sticks in that but then you think about it it's it's not going to work because it's going to get too big and bulky and um so I was like you know what I'm gonna and I saw you were doing the um the 30-day art quarantine so I'm great like we're we're all in this together everybody's gonna just make their own little studies at home and you know nobody will sell or buy anything but at least we'll we'll kill some time yeah (laughs) so I was like yeah let's you know I'm gonna grab a stick from my deck like we our house is like it's it's almost like a tree house we're up on a on a hill steep hill and our house is on um, tree level. Oh, so it's like you're in the in the treetops. Like you're you kind of like you see the squirrels and the the birds and 
Um, but we get a lot of, um, we have these old oak trees and a maple tree, and we have a lot of sticks falling uh, on our deck. So um, yeah, I was like, let's do something with that. And Lou loves looking at sticks, playing with sticks. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to embroider this stick to a piece of paper. I don't know how, I'm, I don't know what, I, you know, so, and, and I was like, and I'm going to auction them on Instagram because I can't see, I can't see my, my people, my crowd, you know, they're, um, they're not going to be able to come to my show and I, I, I want to engage with them somehow. So I was like, let's just do that. And I'll just um, auction them on my Instagram for 50 bucks and whoever wants them. And if they don't, I'll just put them in my online shop and we'll see what happens. And so the first couple ones, <laughs> like my friends bought them, you know, I think <laughs> I was like, this is a great art, but at least I have really, really sweet friends who support me. Um, and then people started bidding on them and they started like to overbid and they started texting me like, Hey, can you start your auction at a different time? Cause this time isn't working for me. And I want one of your pieces. And like, it got like, I was like, Whoa, what, wait, what is happening? And am I um, surprised? No, I am not. No, I am. I am very, <laughs> I'm still, cause of all this series and all the things that I've done, this was not like if you would have asked me, you know, you're 20 years ago, okay, you're gonna you're gonna make some art. Um, one of them involving <laughs> embroidering sticks on paper. Um, like which one will be the winner? You know, that that would not be the one I picked, but um I love doing it. It it keeps me sane and um yeah, people are loving it. So I I started uploading them to my store directly because I was like, okay, then people can just buy them from there and and then people are like well I checked in and they were all gone and can you upload them at a different time and uh, so now I'm also doing commissions because I'm like every, everybody gets a stick you know <laughs> well time. and haven't you had people send you sticks like sticks that mean something to them yeah we, I I've uh, I've done a couple of those but it's the the tricky thing is it, it needs to be a very particular stick that will stick. <laughs> <laughs> like not, not all sticks. Uh, like if it's very, um, if it has a lot of texture and it, it, ha it needs to have one flat side. Right. Um, but I'm open, I'm open to doing that. And I have, I have done it. If, if the stick is right, um, I'll, I'll do that. But yeah, it's and it's been really fun. And now since Lou, you know, Lou is 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 always running around when I'm when I'm doing this. So now he like he brings me sticks and he's like, "Here, Mama, this is for your art." Oh, and I know you messaged me that and told me, and my heart just exploded. I was just like, "That is the cutest thing in the world." It's so sweet, and it it makes all these artworks also so personal. And um, like all these sticks are either I found them. In, in the beginning, it was only, you know, our deck and our yard. And then on like neighborhood hikes, because we weren't allowed to drive um, right. anywhere. And then, and then later, like hikes a little further away. And I just came back from a trip to Lake Tahoe. And it's just, it's very, it's very personal. And, and what I also liked, and, and that's why I called it nesting and the sticks, like I, I feel um, with this quarantine and the sheltering at home, 
you're forced, whether you want it or not, you're forced to nest at home, to be in, in your little space and, and stay there and be safe and, and shelter. And so it's, it's also, it, it has that element to it for, for me. Like it's, it's very, very personal. Like I look at, at these artworks and I'm like, oh, I remember that stick. I remember <laughs> that walk. I remember when Lou had that in his hands. Um, yeah, so, and it's yeah. very much like that's that's I mean, I wanted to have you on the podcast anyway, but I I thought I really want to capture um talking to you now in the middle of this series because of why you did it because, you know, uh, we're still knee deep in all of this stuff. And um, you know, in 5 years or 10 years and you're looking back and you're doing other things or whatever, this is going to be such a time capsule. Yeah, for you and for all of us, like, you know, everything you just said about nesting and everyone has really had to turn to nature for an outlet because it's all we have. You yeah. know, um, I remember thinking um, in the beginning of all this, so it was March and in Canada, March means everything is brown. <laughs> there's no leaves on the trees yet. Oh, like it's yeah. the end of winter. And so like, it's kind of like there's clumps of brown melty snow here and there, but it's, it's pretty depressing. Like it's, nothing spring has not sprung yet right so that was happening so you know and then you're like oh my god is the world ending and then also it looks like the world is ending and so I was trying to go for walks just to get out of the house and get fresh air and then as the weeks passed all of a sudden mother nature did her thing and there were blossoms and leaves and the grass was turning green and you could smell the earth and you could smell the flowers and I thought you know the whole world is on hold but she's not like mother nature just forged ahead anyway, you know, and, and, and even more because there was no, so much less pollution. And, um, you know, like it just seemed like our yard looked like there was more flowers than I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It it gives so much solace, doesn't it? It does. It was so comforting and I needed that so badly. And I don't know, maybe spring looks like that every year, but this was the first time I, like you said, I was forced to be present. And um, yeah, I see that coming out in a lot of people's art and nature things, because I think it's something that as humans, we all kind of were like, oh, God, like, just grab on to something that feels comfortable and safe and, and on a regular schedule. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. And that that doesn't end that that. Right you know, that just goes on and on. And I, I find it so beautiful. And, and yeah, whenever I'm, you know, in, in doubt of, of anything or especially now, yeah, you look at that and you're like, just, even if it's for a brief moment, you have, you have that sense of beauty and appreciation and, and comfort. Mm-hmm. I and find we, it really we all need that. Yeah. Um, so I just want to quickly talk about because it's already evolving the nesting series. Um, because you're starting to do bigger work and um, and like oh, what are they? Oh my god, what's the word? Uh, commissions. There we go. Clearly, yeah. I haven't had one in a while. Um, <laughs> um, and they're starting to get bigger, and you're having to start to figure out how to do that and what that means. And so. Um, are you enjoying seeing it go like that? Are you like, do you think the nesting will keep going the way it is or evolve or both? Um, it's, I, I like doing commissions cause it, 
you have it's it's a very um it's sometimes hard to to come up with your own rules for a series or for an artwork yeah it's or, a nice assignment it's like a school assignment yeah it's kind of like actually you know what it's like it's like our kits from when we were kids <laughs> exactly it's like here are the rules and yeah. this is what we need and these colors um but it it also um it's sometimes challenging like especially um for so i've been working on some large larger installations um um and and sometimes you know they send you like a mood board of things and you're like how do i translate this into something that is still me that people when they right. look at it like what we were talking about earlier too that they are like oh this is natalie's work that they don't mistake it for or not mistake but that you're not like yeah you're not being out true of, to out of your style yeah. yeah yeah so um but i i do like it that that you you get to because I, I I work small also mainly because I my studio so this this space that I'm in now um, is is a landing outside of Lou's room so my old office was a loft and we put in a wall um, which basically means I have a desk on a landing and that's it like when when galleries are like oh we would love to do a studio visit I I completely panic and I'm like you can hard you, you can't stand there's you can you know, there, there's not, there's hardly. Oh, sorry, it's uh, under construction here. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I do invite people over, but it's like it's a desk. It's a desk with some embroidery thread on it, and that's it. Um. So yeah, <laughs> like awesome. having to work on these large pieces, and especially during quarantine with a toddler running around, it involved a lot of boxes, and um, the whole house is taken over, and you're just trying to keep things out of reach but also accessible so when you do have you know uh, an hour of, of of lose nap time that it can like work on it <laughs> you know that's the other thing that is insane is that um because do you think this is your most successful series so far like as far as sales and people yeah. reaching out to yeah is yeah. this insane boom in this moment where you thought nothing would ever happen with your art yeah <laughs> and your kid turned three in the middle of it yeah like that is crazy because it is it's very 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 surreal and and on, on top of that all the you know the, the the news that you read and like especially you know the the social injustice and the racial injustice which has come really to light you know during this pandemic for you know a lot of people had all of a sudden this realization of like wow this is this is going on and and we're now all, all seeing it. It's, it's been such a, a crazy time. And I've had times and days that I was like, are, why am I, why am I making art right now? I should be protesting. I should be, um, I don't know, go volunteer somewhere. I should, there's people dying, there's people suffering. And, and what am I doing here making art? Like, what is the purpose? I know. Yeah. And I was talking about this with a friend of mine and she was like, she said, you have no idea. It's so important. It's so important that people, um, she says, you make, you make people happy. You give people hope. You, you know, people need beauty right now. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to, trying to hang on, on to that, that it is meaningful even now, and maybe especially now to keep making things. And like, you know, th there are other ways that you can help. There's like, we donated with gallery 1202. I, I, uh, don't, we donated a um, part of the um, 
of the sales to the um the what is it the NAACP and mm -hmm. there's ways you can help but it's I'm it's I'm so really, overwhelming yeah it's it very is. overwhelming to decide what like it just seems like so many things need so much help and you're like where do I as one yeah, little person start and I know and I feel like sometimes things feel so trivial like even today I um every day I when I do my daily post I then support the post on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, right? And Twitter especially is so news heavy. So I go in there and there's my feed and I <laughs> put my thing up about my the artist today. And uh, it is surrounded in hellfire, basically. Yeah. And, you know, quotes from these people and these people, you know, and, and Ruth, Bader Ginsburg passing and yeah. these injustices and this and that and then there's me going hey look at this cool thing and I know. It, it, it feels super yeah. trivial but at the same time I've had the same feedback with people being like please I need to I need a break too like I need I can't handle the constant news feed I need something beautiful and something that you know yeah. is is has meaning too but is hope hopeful meaning you know yeah so we have to keep doing what we're doing and you're right like if there's ways that you can help with donating or volunteering your time here and there or whatever it is but you have to keep we have to keep moving forward as who we are and I think as yeah. creators it's super important so yeah um, I, I think what you're doing is amazing well thank you and I'm, I'm just taking it day by day and and that's the thing like I've been um, like I had a really steady routine up until this quarantine started where in the morning I would work out, I would do like a stroller class, like Lou would come with me, then he gets to play in the park I, while I chat, you know, with the, with the other moms and we go home, go home, do lunch, he naps, after that he plays and in the evenings I go to yoga uh, from eight to nine and then I come home, make art, shower, make art and um, watch TV and go to bed way too late that was like my autopilot for right. a long time and now every day is different there's no two days the same there's like <laughs> you just take it as it comes because it's, and that's all it's you like can you do have right to, yeah, yeah you have to be so adaptable you have to be resilient and you have to figure it out every day how to keep you know keep each other safe um, yeah. Oh, well, and God love you doing it with a three-year-old because, you know, um, <laughs> I remember to be sane with Charlie when he was, cause I stayed home with him and, uh, oh man, our schedules were <laughs> the only thing that, you know, kept me going. And I always made sure that somewhere in that schedule, we went past a Starbucks. Um, oh, yeah. mommy needed her coffee and, you know, but like Tuesdays we had music, you know, this day we had gymnastics, then we had this and there was always, you know, and then there was playtime and, yeah. and you need that. And when it's all out the window, like I even found having him home from school. So he, he turned, um, Lou's birthdays in July, right? Yeah. July yeah. 22nd. Oh, Charlie's July 29th. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And so he turned 14. Wow. In July. That's a big boy. <laughs> I know. He's six foot two. Mm. It's insane. He has to like bend down so I can kiss him on the head anyway. Um, but even having him home, he's totally independent, right? He's just doing his thing. He's on Xbox with his friends, you know, whatever. I was so aware that he was home. And yeah. I had, I still had mom guilt because he was home for six months and I was like, okay, well, like, I felt like I needed to entertain him or like, make sure that, you know, 
he was okay and whatever. And he's like, you can go to your studio. And I was like, oh, I have like all this mom guilt about, you know? <laughs> and so yeah. now, now that's his hilarious joke where I'm like, okay, I'm going to the studio. And he's like, what? But like, I'm going to miss you. Can't you just stay up here uh... with me? And he's completely lying um just to make me feel bad and then he's like ha 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 have fun and uh, yeah. <laughs> but I still have that like pang of oh but I should you know so when people are home right now during all of this with newborns or toddlers or you know elementary or school teens kids, I think or teens teens, are hard yeah too, it's, right? it's all a thing so yeah you can find the peace in your work and like that's what I love with about your work too is that you didn't mean to strike a chord with people, but you so, so did. And um, it's just been so fun to watch. And um, I'm so glad that, like I said, that I got you on in this moment of time, because we're going to look back and I can't wait to see where your work goes from here. Like, are we allowed to talk about the pictures you just sent me? Yes. I think so. um, yeah. Yeah. Where the, the piece that you did that's in that office near Lake Ontario. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like it's a really big um this podcast will probably come out after that project gets announced. So hopefully we could put a picture of it in, but it's Good, like a yeah. wall installation and there's sticks from that area, right? Right. Yes, yeah, so they wanted me to do a 7 foot by 7 foot um wall uh yeah, an, an installation piece. Um but I was like, how am I going to do that during the pandemic? Because I don't want to go to stores. And I, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, you're trying to figure all of it out. Luckily, I, I got most what I needed. Um, I got some stuff like right before and um, some when, when things started opening up and like I masked up and everything. Um, but yeah, I wanted, so they, they send me reference pictures of what they were looking for. But yeah, like like I said, it's it's hard sometimes to translate that into something that you can really stand behind as right. an artist because you're like, cause some of it just is like, hey, can you do this? And you're like, well, no, because it's like, that's not my my art. That's like, I and I don't do that. I work with thread. I work with you know, embroidery and and um, I, I don't do like lots of like woodworking and all that. Right. Um. So, yeah, I wanted to really make sure that it. It, um, it it was kind of in line with the nesting series because that's that's what I'm I'm doing right now and that's what I'm really really drawn to. So it I created um, so it's for a sales office in um, near Lake Ontario and I think the town is called Winona. It's called a um, the Brand Haven. It's it's like a new real estate development and for their sales office um, I created. It's, it's almost like a quilt. So I took inspiration from the log cabin quilts, which mm. are um, like traditionally were made in that area a long time ago. And I think it's also, I'm, I'm always drawn to quilts, I think because of my mom and her yeah. love for that medium. And uh, I have a beautiful quilt made by her, but um, it's, it's kind of a modern inter interpretation of that. So it has these uh, pegboard panels with cross stitching on it with like this thick yarn and in every panel is a piece of driftwood from Lake on Ontario so I had to like find someone <laughs> who had driftwood from there ship it to me so I could all ship it back together um, 
Oh my God. Well, it turned out beautifully and it looks, Thank it you. looks like you, like it's so great. And I can't wait for that stuff to go out into the world because I think just more and more things like that are going to come. And you and I were DMing about that a while ago about how to make your work. I think it was right before the nesting stuff, how to make your work bigger. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Remember? And then now it's just so funny that that is where it's going. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's, it's so cool. and I have, it's it, galleries always want me to make bigger things because it, it looks better like and it, it just looks better in a gallery <laughs> like yeah, when you see my my little pieces they they look great on um i think in people's homes and in uh on, on social media because you can get a real good close-up but like i've been in in group shows um and and if you're 12 by 12 artwork hangs next to you know an, an enormous <laughs> canvas Six painting canvas yeah yeah, it just it kind of disappears. So um, I, I get I get that they want to do bigger, but it's it it has its challenges because it's it's a big investment. Like the yeah. framing alone. Oh man, I hate framing. Me I, too. I think you. I'm so jealous of your um, revelation of like, hey, I can do this on panels. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I switched to panels. Well, two reasons. One. I didn't want to frame anything ever again in my life. And um, what was that the driving force? Cause I yes. didn't, Oh, see, I didn't know that, but I, I was like, that's brilliant. I, I want, I want to do something that I don't have to frame. I know because it's so expensive. And then if you don't sell the piece, it's like, ah, uh, yeah. So that and buckling. Cause I found that my paper, oh. I wanted to get bigger, but as I got bigger, like with putting the paint on it or too much, yeah too many found images the glue would then buckle the paper and then trying to frame buckled paper and I was just like okay I'm gonna lose my mind and yeah. uh, so I switched to panel and I have never been happier yeah like, I need to you, you you'd have to drill holes into your panel <laughs> that's the thing I've thought of, I've thought about this um and I I might try that it's just I'm not I I, I know how to use a drill I just, I, I would need like a big studio, you know. I Maybe would... wait till Lou starts school. Exactly. Like yeah. just the drill, the con- the notion of it, me mainly drilling and Lou running around is yeah, just, no. no. That's a bad combination. <laughs> also nap time. Mommy's yes, just going to drill during nap time. No, that wouldn't work either. Well, that's the thing. Like when you become a mom, uninterrupted time becomes the hot commodity i no never kidding. that's why i can't believe you're doing all the things that you're doing <laughs> with a three-year-old running around with no diaper on like how are you even managing to get one is, piece done a lot of it is late at night but yeah. it, lou is a little easier now and he's you know when he's in his zone with whatever he's doing he's, he's playing it definitely gets a little easier and i, I can get like maybe 15 minutes in here and there <laughs> Well, and you know, I remember Charlie turning four. There was a moment when he was four, like maybe four in a month or something. And uh, yeah. I was downstairs and I was like, where is he? And he was just upstairs playing by himself. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. We've turned a corner. <laughs> like It was yeah. so exciting that like he wasn't on my leg, you yeah. know? And then now I would give anything for him to be on my leg. <laughs> he's just like off to basketball and he's busy and you know it's just like I it just dawned on me the other day that he's got four more years till he moves out oh wow oh I can't ha- I can, like we better not talk about that I'll start crying anyway Natalie speaking of having time I've had you on here for almost an hour and a half now so 
I'm going to let you go so you and Lou can go and collect sticks or whatever it is you need to do today. But well, we can't oh go gosh. outside today. It's <laughs> smoky. It's too smoky. Oh, but thanks. we'll do oh, fun wait. stuff indoors. I just realized I didn't do the not so speedy speed round. All right. I'm out of practice. I'm out of my, see, I'm out of my usual routine too. Okay. We'll actually try and make it speedier so you can get back to your, your family there. Right. Okay. Question number one is a two-parter. Guilty pleasure during quarantine. A, TV show. Um, what would that be? And um, a guilty pleasure food also. Oh, um, a TV show. I, I watch a lot. I, Me too. I, um, we really enjoyed Dark. It was this German show. Oh, I got to write that down. Okay. Yeah, it's it's dark i guess so yes right there in the title <laughs> but i i love dark stuff i love like it's like you know david lynch twin peaks that okay, kind of yeah. stuff it's a little well you know nothing can come close to that it's my favorite but um it was it was good it it, it there's three seasons and it definitely uh entertained me okay okay yeah um, have you seen the vow have you been watching that no oh the Vow? The Vow. Yeah, it's a documentary oh. about this cult, basically, in the States. Oh, no, yeah. I don't think... I love stuff about uh, cults. Yeah, it's really <laughs> weird. And it's on right now. Like, I think I think oh. it's six or eight episodes. And, like, you can't binge it. Like, I, I don't even know what channel. But it's not I, like a Wild Wild Country? Watch that one. Oh, no, but I want to see that. That's good. Um, no, I, no, it's just... My husband found it and it's really good and but it's super like oh like it's pretty crazy and heavy and um I actually saw Jimmy Fallon um did a, a thing in his monologue the other day about the debate and he said um about how it had no commercials and whatever and, and how it was just like so overwhelming and awful and he's like oh my god it was so much he's like I had to uh had to stop partway through and watch the vow to lift my spirits a little bit <laughs> that's how bad the debate was um know, but was, yeah the vow is pretty heavy bad. too but it's good okay well, um, i like okay. heavy stuff i like dark i'm gonna check that out okay and then, oh, yeah, and then guilty food. pleasure food oh man um i've been well i've been eating a lot <laughs> Me too. like i before this i was like pretty pretty good about things and um now i just yeah it's been a lot of chocolate it's honestly been a lot of chocolate which usually i'm way more into like savory stuff like chips i know you love chips i do um i love chips as well and um like and i love pizza and i love i love a lot of of savory foods but i think during the quarantine it's just like oh let's just have another piece of chocolate let's yeah. just, Let's just and it's dark. It's dark chocolate. It's supposed to be healthy for you, but not not in these quantities. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I well, can. Well, see, you're into dark um, TV shows and dark chocolate. Yes, yes, dark yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I'm gonna ask everybody this now when I interview people what their what their go to food was, and I should do like I should document all the everybody's cravings if they if they're sweet or savory during quarantine. <sighs> yes, I've been very still in my chip chip land. They've yes, been my chip. my solace. Yeah. Which flavor do you? Well, there's quite a, I enjoy a good dip. So I like to either just do plain ripple chips with like a dill pickle dip, or someone just told me about these ones. I don't know if you have them. We have a brand called Old Dutch. I don't think they have that in the States. And there's a new kind that is black pepper Parmesan. And they're just 
regular Ooh. chips. But then if you dip them in sour cream, then it makes the, a dip in your mouth. Wow. Yeah. Someone told me that, that in, my, sounds good. in my exercise class um, last year. And then oh, when the course, <laughs> yeah, we were starting, uh, we were waiting for, our, we do, I do like a hot bar class, which I have not done in months. And, um, and so we were discussing chips before, beforehand, as you do before sweating, you know, out 20 pounds of sweat. Um, and someone said, oh yeah, yeah, there's these chips. And if you mix, if you dip them in sour cream, I was like, hello. So when the quarantine hit, I was like, well, what am I to do except to try that? It's been a very slippery slope. Um, okay. On average, how long do you spend? Okay. Quarantine aside, how long do you spend in the store while choosing embroidery thread colors? Do you go in there with a plan or do you get in there and get distracted by the, the rainbow of choices? So I got very lucky because I got my mom's embroidery thread, which was a lot. And then when that started to run out, um, my mother-in-law, I was there last Christmas. Um, so I, I, for the color hole series, they've been eating a lot. They've been eating up a lot of thread. Well, um, yeah. And um, so um, when I was there, yeah, last Christmas, my mother-in-law was like, she said, I got a lot of embroidery thread that was given to me by a friend of mine. And um, do you want it? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes I please. Do. So I have a lot now. I have almost all of the colors, I think. I, so I have three boxes in which they are color coordinated. Um, wow. By this. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I, I didn't do that before, but like a year ago I was like, this is, especially with the color hole series. I was like, I need to, this needs to be properly color well, needs a system and so when you that. have like not very much time it's like you can't spend your 15 minute moment searching for that right yellow that's right and I had a, I had a ton of colors that were always running out like especially with the color holes it was interesting how much brown there is in yeah. nature like different shades of brown they kept running out like sky blue color um, yeah. And especially with the postcards, it's, it was a very particular color because they're like hand drawn in, you know, so it's like always kind of the same, um, same kind of blue there. And um, so I, I, back then I, I would go to the store to just get a handful, but now I have so much thread. Oh, that's good. Um, that's so exciting. I have three, three boxes and they're all color coordinated. And then I have two extra large boxes and in those they are, they are all organized by um number so wow. you can look up the color that you're missing in the other box and then fill up your color organized it's a whole system and um it was funny i, I was gonna a year ago i was like oh lou's going down for his nap great i'm gonna organize my thread and it was on the dining room table for i think three or four days it was so much work <laughs> <laughs> no kidding i need yeah. to send you a picture of my i used to do embroidery work too but now my i have arthritis and i it might hurt too much to use the needle but my embroidery thread is all jammed together in one ball <laughs> jar and you pull it out and then you find the color you want and then you pull on it and hope that it doesn't catch in a knot and then you just keep pulling and if you can't get it out you cut it and that's how much you have to work with I know, I know that feeling. That's why I, I was like, I have to change this. It's like the only thing that's really, really organized on my desk. <laughs> that's impressive. That's what I finally had to do with all my cutout stuff because I would spend an hour 
going, I know that there's a little guy <laughs> who's standing, looking up at something. I'd have to go through all my cutouts to find him. Oh. And so finally, now I have these, like, I just bought them at the dollar store, these clear envelopes, big, like yeah. um, eight by 10 envelopes. And so I've got one that's all food, all roses, all oh. hands, all little women, all big women, all couples. And so that way I can find stuff. And nice. it's so, it saves me hours. So you cut out beforehand. Yes. Oh, I cut see, out for meditation, basically. So I oh, kind of watch, you know, my true crimes or whatever I'm watching. And I'll just cut, 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 and then put them in their folders. And then when I need stuff or when I'm working on stuff, then I've got stuff ready to roll. Ah, that's smart. Because I would, when I was collaging, I would like flip through books and books and magazines thinking like, I once saw a picture of a guy holding a this or that. Yeah, <laughs> but that takes that took, took also like insane amounts of time. Yeah, that's why I just because I find that it just um I, when I'm you know when I'm doing nothing I'm like well at least I can be you know productive in a way like I'm not making anything but it's kind of like just prep and yeah. um, I could cut stuff out for hours and hours like I just find it so relaxing um, and then now that I have a place for all those bits and pieces to go then it's just so much more fun when I'm in the zone and I'm making I'm like oh I need a hand with a ring on it and I can just go right to that grab that and, you know. that's smart so both of us are organized in a small way in our own special ways and then all the rest of it is just a very small crazy. way. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, okay, since this is probably going to be around Halloween, what was your favorite Halloween costume as a kid? So I grew up in the Netherlands and we oh, didn't have Halloween. Yeah. But oh, we, dear. well, we have a thing called a carnival, a carnival, yeah. like, um, um, like the Venetian carnival, but our carnival was a little more... I don't know. It's, it's very, very drinking based. Ah, yes. Um, yeah. It's like four days of partying before, uh, was it Lent starts? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in the Catholic part of, of the Netherlands. So it's like, uh, it's like four days of letting loose in every sense of the world word. It's just like, you know, dancing and singing and, and people dress up like they do here on, on Halloween. Um, and my favorite costume is was a banana costume that my mom made for my brother um and i wore it when i was six i think and i sang a little song on in a, a school show a little song that went along with it about a banana and um yeah that was by far my favorite oh my god that is awesome yeah i totally forgot that my husband's from poland and moved to canada when he was 10 and they oh, moved yeah. right before Halloween. And yeah. he was like, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> Kids at school were dressing up and there was trick-or-treating. And he's like, what is this? Like he had no idea. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. I, I like uh, I like this new tradition. And it, it's kind of a bummer that it's only like one day. Because that's the thing, like we would do it like four days in a row. <laughs> um, well, some yeah. people make it longer. Some people are Halloween like. That's true. Crazy. So um, you make your own rules. Natalie, you do whatever you like. Yeah, especially um, now with quarantine, we're going to yeah. like hide candy like they're Easter eggs at home or something, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then if you need a little stash of chocolate, you know where to go to get it. Come oh, yeah. The cushion in the couch. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And final one. This might be hard. You might not have a go to here, but if you could meet any celebrity for a coffee date, who would it be? David Lynch. 
Oh God. Hands down. Yeah. That's an easy one for me. Imagine what that would entail. I don't think I would be able to talk. He is, I, I love that man so much. (laughs) His work, everything he does, his, his outlook on life. That's the thing. Like he, have you read this book? Um, Is it called to catch the big fish? No. It's amazing. I, I listened to it as an audio book as well, because um, reading is just not happening right now. But <laughs> he is—he is so creative, and he—he he also he talks about you know being an artist, and um, he wanted actually wanted to be a painter, and then kind of rolled into becoming a movie director. Oh. Um, but he, I, I just I, I recently listened to um, Russell Brand had him on a podcast. Yeah. And he's just like the opposite of the struggling artist. He right. is so, he meditates, he is so zen and 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 his stuff is so dark and I love it. <laughs> That's so cool. I'll put links to both of those things at the at the bottom of the post too, so that people, because I had no idea. Yeah, his it, that book is really good. Someone, a couple of years ago, someone did a little animation about an abbreviation of that book which yeah. is really and it's like it's called where ideas come from and it's like I, I don't even want to say too much about it because I'm gonna not tell it right okay <laughs> but I yeah no I would I would love to have a coffee with him. and he's such a coffee snob and um <laughs> I think I, I would have to drink decaf I don't I don't drink caffeinated <laughs> anymore but um I would I would love to have a coffee with that man yeah well see you didn't have a uh you know, a moment of not knowing. You knew exactly who you were going for coffee with. I love it. Yeah. Oh, and on that note, I'm going to go get another coffee. And um, you can get back to your guys, although it might be kind of nice to have. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I won't, I'm not going to tell them. <laughs> yeah, just stay in there for a little bit longer. <laughs> just like, I'll just text the downstairs. They're, they're in the basement right now. Um, it's under the house, but it since it's in the hill it has windows so it's not as, as grim as it sounds but um <laughs> maybe I'll just text and like running a little later oh sorry it's a five-hour interview yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much for this I'm so glad that we we did this and I'm excited that I get to show everybody all I mean I'm sure most of my listeners already know because I've written about you lots of times but um I can't wait to do a big post and put all of this in it and um, yeah, keep me keep me posted on the new stuff. Although I'll be watching on Instagram anyway, so I'll already know. But. Oh, thank you, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. It's really surreal to you know be on the podcast of one of your I don't know no. blogger heroes that you hold in very very high regard and wonderful artist and um, child children's book writer now too. And <laughs> yeah. oh, and th- yeah, thank you for those nice words. I needed that little bit of a pick me up about the book. Um, it'll but, happen. It, it'll, yeah. it'll, I'm, I'm gonna like, even if it's only here in San Carlos, I'm gonna make sure that that happens. Okay, I'll come in. I'll just, I'll do a <laughs> private reading for you and Lou. It'll be great. <laughs> and then we'll go for that, decaf coffee. That would be wonderful. You would have to wear those um, cute shoes. My pencil shoes. Your pencil shoes. Oh, my pencil shoes. Um, all right. Well, thank you again. And um, yeah, I will, I'll see you on the interweb. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. I don't know what I love most about this. Little Lou bringing his mama sticks for her art or Natalie wearing a banana costume and singing a little song. (laughs) It might be a tie. Huge thanks to Natalie for taking time away from everything she's got going on at the moment. And as always, thank you for listening.
Happy Halloween, whether you're out trick-or-treating or hiding chocolate in your couch like Natalie. <laughs> there will be more art for your ear next weekend. See you then. <laughs>